Rhea Ripley just Great. beat a grown man on television. This is insanity. And that's been the theme of the night. The bloodlines on the warpath. Nothing makes sense. Dogs and cats living together in harmony. What's next, KP? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Hello, welcome to Tuesday Morning Cooked. It is our Sunday night's main event. Weekly Monday Night Raw review. I'm Mike McGuire. I am Joe Aguinaldo. And we have just spent a lot of time together tonight, Joe. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> For the first time ever, we decided to uh, use and abuse the privilege of having a limitless Zoom. And we watched most of Raw together. And it was weird. It was weird. We were talking about it on the Facebook page. And people were like, hey, you guys should do a, a, a podcast of just you watching along. And then you got to realize that when we split the notes like we're going to do now moving forward, you would just basically be listening to large gaps of dead air <laughs> because either I'm typing or Joe's typing and then we'll try and get little quips in on the show. But we're like, hold on, I'm, I'm typing. Hold on. So. Well, not only that, but the commercials are like, what are we? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, and then it's funny because I stream it through uh, the the Canadian WWE Network thing, so they actually cut out a lot of commercials. There's just literally these large dead air gaps that they have, and then you get a totally different feed because you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West side, I guess. I don't know if I'm Central or West. I must be Central, but totally different ads, totally different things. So it's like even then we can't even laugh at that. So what do you do, man? What do you do? I tell you what you do. You find things to talk about anyways, and boy, did we. Boy, did we. I did a, a weekly news check for the first time in a while. I remember the last time we did that, and that's how we found uh, Mr. <laughs> Big Stick? That, that, was, that, was a, that was a good raw. <laughs> that, you was, that was a good podcast. If you haven't been on our Facebook page in a while, look back to the video I posted of Joe and I talking about the Maple Leaf Foods mascot from St. John's, New Brunswick, where... Apparently, or no, is it? It was Newfoundland, wasn't it? I don't know. It was Newfoundland, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a giant baloney that looks an awfully lot like a very phallic item. <laughs> Which, because we're on the free feed, you know, we're going to behave ourselves. But uh, yeah, he's Mr. Big Stick and he's uh, more anticipated than Santa Claus in the yep. Santa Claus parade. But then you know why that is, Joe? Because Santa only comes once a year. Dum dum. Hey. <laughs> For the record, I did write to Maple Leaf Foods talking about the load of publicity we gave them. And I said, hey, I want to give away some Mr. Big Sticks. And I got no response. No response. That's the power of Tuesday morning cooked, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not even a cordial, hey, thanks for your interest, but we don't do that. Just no response. Wow. Welcome, bastards. <laughs> welcome to the A show, everybody. <laughs> so if you've never been here before, we talk about Rob, but we talk about life as well. We try not to dwell on bad things. I had a small victory today that I can't go into right now, but when I can, I will. Joe, how was your week, your day, your since last time we talked? When was that? When we did the best of worst ofs? Yes, that was yeah. uh, Thursday. That one wild night. Oh. oh, man, that was long. Yeah, well, you know what? Those shows are coming up for you this week. So that's exciting. But uh, tell me about the week in between. 
Oh, I uh, finally got my uh, my guitars and my guitar pedals out of storage since the reno is done. And wow. oh man, I I as as weird as this might sound, I miss playing my guitars, man. Well, you can't do that when they're in storage. Trust me, I feel the same way because that's where all mine are. Fair enough. How many do you have? Um, three, four, five. If I want to count them all, I got five guitars and uh, sorry, four guitars and two basses. And you play them rather well. I'm not going to say rather well, but I do know how to play them. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm the king of the open chord, and I own far too many guitars for the small amount of skill that I have. <laughs> so. But I got a lot of them signed too, right? So some of it's like, you know, they're never played. They're just up on the wall sort of thing. But yeah, not right now. They're all in storage too. Yeah, my my one guitar that I've had people sign is at work. Um, well, and, it's smart because uh, you get all the famous people coming through. Exactly. And the yeah. other guitar that I don't play is the one that my dad got me when I was like 18. So like whatever, 30 something years ago. And that's just more nostalgia. So. I do have one guitar with me here. It's one that was signed by Lindsay L, who is a country singer, and she's also uh, the host of Canada's Got Talent. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, but I've known her since she was playing dive bars in Banff, and I always tell this story. This is like my, uh, this is my Al Bundy, you know, four touchdowns in a single game story. <laughs> All right. Like, I've known Lindsay L since she was playing Wild Bills in Banff, <laughs> but it's true. And she's a great, great person, great talent, and uh, yeah, she's a huge star now, so good for her. My, uh, I guess my Al Bundy story, for lack of a better term, is uh, I got to play on stage with the Property Brothers and uh, John, <laughs> Cattucci, John Cattucci from uh, the Food Network. And like, the, the I don't know if cool okay, is the right ex- word. Explain this entire scenario. First of all, I'm assuming this has something to do with work. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing uh, what's called an upfront, which is where... Um, it's it's basically a big sales thing. You sell we, shows to to potential yeah. investors. They get to meet the celebrities and blah blah blah. Right. So yeah. the the grand finale was our CEO, um, the Property Brothers, and John Catucci kind of lip syncing to this like reworked Johnny Cash song. Lip syncing. Yeah. Well, no, no. Sorry, they were singing, but we were faking playing the instruments. But I got to rehearse with the property brothers and stuff because you know we had to make it look like we were playing who is the ceo where you work these days uh his name's doug murphy never heard of him <laughs> a long but, time i don't even remember the name of the ceo when i was there so john cassidy so mm, probably no it All was right. yeah so the the weird part about it was you've seen me you've seen my toe shoes right yeah okay you wore them when you came to a sneaky d's yeah yeah so I, w- I wore them during the rehearsals, right? So both the property brother dudes were like, look at your shoes, man. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they're like, they look like toes. Okay. <laughs> so at the actual show, I'm in the green room and that's a whole story in and of itself, but I'm in the green room and one of the property brothers is like, yo, Joe, 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 come here, come here. Meet my fiance. I like how you don't know the names either. It's just one of the property brothers. You know I, what? I, you, you can hold a gun to my head right now and say, I will blow your brains out. If you don't tell me the first name of one of the property brothers. And I would be like, Melvin. Blam. I, I, th- <laughs> I think his name was Drew. But anyways, sure. He's Sounds like, right. he's like, Joe, Joe, come here, come here, come here. I got to, I got to introduce you to somebody. I'm like, okay. 
And he's like, this is my fiance. And he goes, look at his shoes. And then he looks down. <laughs> he looks down and he's like, you're not wearing the shoes. No, <laughs> like, no I'm not. I'm not going to wear those on stage. He's like, oh, man, I've been I've been I've been bigging up your shoes for the whole time. I'm like, OK, that's so it's kind of cool that a property brother like my shoes. And then that fiance left him <laughs> and you ended the potential Mr. And Mrs. Melvin property brother <laughs> from a life of marital bliss. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. Can you imagine? I can't believe you lied to me about his shoes. <laughs> Melvin, it's just not working. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. I don't have any. Uh, well, I do have kind of a shoe story involving somebody famous. So Johnny Reed always wore white shoes on stage for the longest time. It was kind of his gimmick, his thing, right? All right. So I bought a pair of white shoes and actually my cousin, whose place I'm going to for the holidays this year, uh, her and her mom asked me if I would MC their wedding. And so I said, okay, sure. And it's like, oh, good. Go to Moore's and get a tux rental. It's under our name. Okay. So I go and I rent a tux. And then I get told afterwards that I have to pay for the friggin' tuxedo. Oh. Foul ball, right? Big time. Yeah, so there I am, and they wanted me dressed like the groomsmen and everything else, and so I'd already rented the thing. It's done, but I said, okay, you know what? If I'm paying for this thing, I'm pulling a JR. I'm going to wear white shoes. Nice. So I did. I went down. I tore up the dance floor to a point that I should not be on the dance floor. <laughs> This is back in Mike's drinking days, friends. Never been a problem. Just when it happened, it would be. It's yes. kind of like Mark Andrada drinking, you know, where Mark's just this quiet, unassuming fella. And then you get some of that liquid nitrogen in him. And uh, all of a sudden, there's uh, there's Andrada man, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I missed that when we got together. I know. So. I know. You missed you missed a hell of a night. I do have. I found more footage from that night, by the way. Oh, of, damn. Um, Mark and Jason. But um, the, uh... anyway, back to the white shoes. So after I, uh, I had such a great time in these shoes, I, I talked to this girl who was running the, the rental desk. And I said, yo, like, how much are these shoes? And she goes, I don't I don't know. I don't even know if we sell them. So I said, OK, how much would it be if I lost them? <laughs> and they're like white patent leather dress shoes. They're, they're really dope looking, right? All right. She goes, 50 bucks. I'm like, I can't buy white patent leather shoes for 50 bucks. Guess what? I lost them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I would lose those shoes, too. <laughs> so to this day, and then I actually would wear them when Johnny would come to town. I wore my uh, white shoes. And then the guy, I almost said a bad word, but the guy stopped doing the white shoe gimmick. So I, I might have uh, killed the Johnny Reed white shoe gimmick. I don't know for sure, but... Uh, Oh, what you gonna do? Way to what go. you gonna do? <laughs> Anything else tremendous going on in the life of Mr. Aguinaldo before we get on to tonight's Monday Night Raw? Nah, I'm uh, I'm pretty boring. I still don't. I still haven't looked at that Milwaukee reference thing that you told me. The Alice <laughs> Cooper clip from last week? <laughs> no. Jeez, Joe, <laughs> you miss out on all the good stuff. Can I tell you something uh, that, that is very boring and mundane, but is also exciting 
until you realize that it's not exciting. All right. I'd buy tires today. Ooh. New tires for the Mick truck that made it all the way across the country and then all the way across the United States over the summer. Yes, that one from the wrestle wagon. If you remember those days. And uh, yeah, 1300 bones. Ouch. And that's for the affordable ones. Wow. And tires ain't cheap, man. Did you know that they sell tires like they sell toilet paper? It comes in different plies. What? Really? Yeah. So a four ply. Yeah. yeah, Listen up. So there's a four ply, which is your basic standard kind of hauling truck tire, right? Right. And then there's a 10 ply. And the 10 ply are the tires that you see on dudes that got their trucks jacked up. Or if you do a lot of heavy hauling, like you just need a stronger tire, right? right. So they were asking me if I needed the 10 ply and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I should be okay. But it just dawned on me. Like, could you imagine if they sold toilet paper in like 10 ply? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like those double rolls they sell. <laughs> And then you have one that's basically just the size of a vehicle tire. <laughs> it's like try new, try new, uh, I don't know, Cottonelle. Try new Cottonelle 10 ply. You won't even feel your own butthole. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. The thing's like two inches thick. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. It's just, it's like, a, it's like a, a soft sponge, you know, those. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an idea. You get you get those scrunges, you know, that have the, so the half scouring pad and then the sponge on the end. But it's made for your yeah. 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 Remember when we showed when we said we were keeping the show clean five minutes ago? <laughs> try, try the new Cottonelle scrunge for your butt. <laughs> Although, let's face it, we've all had those days. Yeah, yeah, yes, we have. <laughs> I'm, I'm eating canned chili right now for the first time in my life. I think I'm going to have one of those days. How is uh, how's that coming along? It's actually not bad. This All is right. the, uh, what is it? <laughs> I've never sounded like a single dude more in my life when I say this, but it's the stag steakhouse chili. Oh, God. No beans, more beef. Uh, so, all right. <laughs> it's. It's basically spaghetti sauce with meat in it. Oh. <laughs> and probably some different spices, right? Uh. No, it's fine. It actually tastes really good, but I, it just I dawned know. on me afterwards. That's that's basically what this is. They just added chili powder probably to spaghetti sauce with meat chunks in it. So All right. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you have a moment where you're like, ah, I'm going to eat this crap because... Dude, that's like me and uh, that's like me and Chef Boy RD. Oh, okay. What's your Chef Boy RD pick? Be honest. Oh, it, it's got to be spaghetti and meatballs. What <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? All right, what's your pick? What everybody's pick is ravioli. Oh God, no, no, thank you. Who the hell eats Chef Boy? The spaghetti and meatballs? Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, the meatballs are squared off. <laughs> I didn't say it was gourmet. I just, <laughs> love, I just, I just love this stuff. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Holy cow, lingering cough hasn't been around for a while. That's how hard you made me laugh. Holy shnikes. Okay. In the comments, for those of you that are paying attention to this post on our Facebook page, just vote. Chef Boyardee, spaghetti and meatballs, or ravioli? And no no adding K Puritan stew or or you know primo soup or I don't know. We one or the other. That's it. Chef Boyardee, spaghetti and meatballs, aka slimy noodles and grossness. <laughs> or Chef Boyardee ravioli. While you're not quite sure if it's beef or not in there, you trust the label and think that it is. <laughs> That stuff got me through college, man. Because I was working at a store where we got, I think I've told this story before on here, but I worked on a store that uh, it was called The Bargain Shop, and there used to be a bunch of them across Canada. There's not as many now. And as staff, we would get 40% off on food. Ooh, nice. So 40% off on a dollar can of Chef Boyardee. Guess who's going home with cases of Chef Boyardee, right? They're partly responsible for my fatness. However... <laughs> <laughs> however they did keep me alive so yeah spaghetti and meatballs though man man i don't know i don't we had noodles together you and i how do you oh, i just can't <laughs> i just i just can't joe i just see that's the thing because it's the only thing i like i don't like anything else by chef Boyardee. spaghetti I, just the spaghetti and meatballs though yeah, yeah. Like I, I've 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 tried the ravioli, I've tried the beef one, the beef macaroni ones, and yeah. Oh, don't do the macaroni. No, the ma- the macaroni <laughs> no, no, no. is a close second to disgustingness next to the spaghetti. Okay, well we we can agree on the fact that we don't like the macaroni one. No, nobody likes the macaroni one. The macaroni one, you get home and you realize, oh, I bought the macaroni. <laughs> that beefaroni? That's I think that's what it's called. Yeah. 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 Nobody likes that. Beefaroni. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a bad porn star name. Oof. <laughs> Starring Beefaroni. <laughs> Guess uh, appearance by Matt Riddle. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. Oh, sorry, Riddle. <laughs> oh God. You know, that's one story I just couldn't bring myself to talk about over the weekend at all. No. So I'm please. doing the five count. I'm trying to pick the top five stories and and that's the thing, like all this, all this, you know, so-and-so on Twitter said this, like, do we really care? Do we really care? Or is it just something to, to, to get tribalized around and, Ooh, look at this, you know, what a screw up. He's dating two different porn stars at the same time. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Beef a brony. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we've bantered enough (laughs) i think so joe do you want to go on a trip let's go on a trip let's go on a trip we are headed tonight to des moines iowa in the home state of one seth freaking rollins Tonight, we have uh, the Wells Fargo Arena, where we're broadcasting from. 
We had 5,666 tickets out. That's scary. Uh, current setup capacity, according to WrestleTix, was 6,126, so 460 tickets left. That's probably from sections being opened today, so we can call it a sellout. Oh, it still screws me up that a sellout for, for Monday Night Raw is 6,000 people. I'm just, I'm not in that headspace. I know a lot of it is just post-COVID and maybe where the business is at. I don't know. But I mean, that's, those are kind of roughly where the numbers have been for the last few weeks now, right? Well, years. Yeah. Years. And that's just it. Well, I mean, even if you skip before, before COVID, I should look back and see what those numbers were. Anyway, we are in Des Moines, Iowa. The question is, was Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman? Were they there? Because we do start the show with Paul Heyman introducing himself before introducing Roman, who's sitting there in a well-lit room with some red backlighting. And Roman says, uh, they're at Raw, the home of Kevin Owens, which he continues to leave to get in my business. He's here to blah, 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 blah. The Usos and Solo Sokoa are then shown backstage, and they are beating down stagehands and Mustafa Ali... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> poor mustafa ali man <laughs> to which then to which then it's just time to go to the intro and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna blow up some stuff it's pyro time Christmassy pyro by the way red and green to start off the show and the street profits are the first to make their way into the arena with akira tozawa sporting their t-shirt and joining them to the ring followed by The Judgment Day, Judgment Day, Judgment Day. We find out it's going to be a tag match between the Street Profits and Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Dom is coming out with Rhea, though, and he is wearing some big-ass Roy Orbison sunglasses. Yeah, baby. And he's protecting his ocular injuries from the mist <laughs> that he took from Asuka last week. Graves was on point tonight, man. Oh, dude. He he lets out one line here, though. I was like, if I ever meet this guy, if I ever get to talk to him, we're just going to talk to each other in movie references. Anyway, Andre Chase from Chase U is shown backstage all of a sudden. While the match is starting, uh, he's getting beat up by the bloodline. And then Elias, who you don't even see his face. It could have been Elias. It could have been Lieutenant Worf. You wouldn't know. Because all you saw was the back of somebody getting smashed by a guitar backstage. Uh, Corey Graves acknowledges that Andre Chase was actually there to compete on main event this week. And the match continues. That takes us to our first break. We get back to the action. And Damian Priest hits a South of Heaven chokeslam on Dawkins. But as he's getting up from that chokeslam... He gets caught by a frog splash from Montez Ford. Neat little exchange. Fun to see. Definitely. As you'd expect, with the Street Profits, there's a whole bunch of insane high spots. But the finish comes when Dom and Rhea are arguing with Tozawa outside of the ring. Tozawa, who is holding a red Solo cup full of mystery hooch once again, (laughs) decides he's fed up with being beaked at by Rhea Ripley and Dominic. So he goes to throw whatever's in the cup at Rhea, but she ducks down and for some reason Dom has taken off his sunglasses for just this moment and wouldn't you know it he gets the vicious viscous liquid that was (laughs) certainly not water no not at all to the already injured eyes this guy just cannot catch a break but he can catch a drink with his face so that's good 
<laughs> anyway, Finn Balor is looking at this uh, happening outside of the ring, which gets him distracted. There's a roll up and the Street Profits win the match. From a drink being thrown in Dominic Mysterio's face. All right. Corey Graves adds a great line here. Says, you know, how could this happen? Dom came out looking like a young Kiefer Sutherland. Now he looks like a wet dog. Nice. (laughs) Nice reference to the Lost Boys, which I was getting a Lost Boys vibe from him tonight. So I'm glad that that actually came out. You've seen the Lost Boys, right, Joe? Yes. Yes, I have. Oh, my God. Joe's seen a movie, folks. (laughs) If you're new to this show... I will lay out the most obvious pop culture references and Joe will often deer and headlights me. But okay, Joe, what's the story of the Lost Boys? Vampires, man. Close enough. I'll give it to you. Anyway, as the victory is being celebrated by the Street Profits, Rhea then comes up the ramp and challenges Tozawa after clocking him outside of the ring. <laughs> She says, you're a piece of crap, blah, 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 blah. She starts literally laying in a challenge. So we're going to find out what happens when this challenge gets thrown down as we go to break. We come back to segment three. The match is on. Now, I couldn't tell. Was it Montez barking like a dog or was it Tozawa barking like a dog at one point? I don't remember. I thought it was Montez. I thought so, too. They were, they, were, to, they, they were trying to hype him up. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. Tozawa gets in there. And he gets in the ring. They exchange a couple little holds. And then Tozawa goes to lay a punch in. But no, he's a classy dude. And he can't hit Rhea. So she beats the holy dog crap out of him. Literally. Just pound. Like, it got to the point where you started watching this match. And be like, oh, cool. They're finally going to let Rhea wrestle a dude. And then you're like, this is still uncomfortable. Yeah. This is still uncomfortable the way it was going. I guess the point where Rhea is pummeling Tozawa. I just noticed at this point that they have a happy holidays shirt with the judgment day all standing in the ring on it. And Rhea (laughs) is wearing that as is Dom. I need to go to WWE right now. I meant to do this during the show, but I need to see if this is, this has to be a shirt you can actually buy because it has the judgment day logo on the bottom of it. Uh, Feeling oozy. Sure. Where's the, the holiday shirts. We, the ones, Oh, you, did you know you can buy an Uncle Howdy replica mask now? Hooray. Even though we don't know who he is. <laughs> or care. Yeah, hold on. Happy holidays. Search. Oh, no, it's not on the website. Or is it? Nope, I'm not seeing it anyways. Oh, there it is right there. $29.99 US. Wow. You can get a hoodie with that crappy picture on it for $49.99 US. <laughs> like, I realize you can sell anything, but, but would you? Oh, this is great. There's a Roman Reigns one, and it says, Acknowledge Holidays. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. What else do we have here? <laughs> are, are Judgment Day really that hot? Apparently so. There's a Stone Cold Steve Austin hoodie. Hell yeah, it's the holidays. Uh, There's a Roman Reigns ugly holiday sweater. Or ugly Christmas sweater, depending on what you uh, choose to go by. These all come in t-shirts too, but I'm just 
kind of skipping through. Of course, there's a DX one. Of course. Because why wouldn't there be? And I do appreciate this. There is a uh, Cody Rhodes ugly Christmas sweater and a John Cena ugly Christmas sweater. I don't think these are actual sweaters, though. I think these are these cheap screen things, you know, where it's not an actual sweater. It's like like a long sleeve T-shirt or something like that. Yeah. And then they make they make the print look like it's. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I got a Ghostbusters one and it's actually a Ghostbusters knitted sweater. Right. I'm like, that's that's the stuff right there. This Cody one is terrible, though. Holy. Okay. But isn't that that's the point, though, right? No, I know. But it's just you're not even trying anymore. You know, the, the whole ugly Christmas sweater. Just it's done. Let's let it go. OK, let's get back to this match, shall we? Or shall we? Yeah, we shall. We shall. We're back in there. Uh, Rhea's still beating the holy poop out of Tozawa, but Tozawa then tries to reverse a suplex, but Rhea hits said suplex into a two count. Tozawa then eventually tries a cross body, but Rhea catches him. Tozawa goes for a sunset flip, but that only gets two. And then there was a bit of herky-jerkiness. I got to give credit to these two because this was a spot that did not go as planned, but they both powered out of it and fixed it right there in front of our eyes. Tozawa... Got whipped in the ropes and then went for basically a Hurricane Rana, but he slipped off weird. Rhea just about dropped him. And so she goes to set up basically like a powerbomb. This is all like dead weight, too. So they're looking at each other. They're like, we got to fix this. So Rhea actually picks up Tozawa and Tozawa does like a forward crunch. And I'm like, man, it would be nice to have abs because I would love to do that. But I don't. So I wouldn't. (laughs) And they manage to actually get the Hurricane Rana off, which sends Rhea to the outside. Tozawa then goes to run for a tope, but Finn Balor does the old sneaky heel leg trip. <laughs> Finn is going so over the top as a heel now. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he roped or hooked Tozawa's legs on the ropes, he turns around. He's just cranking out his abs. He's like, yeah. And just as he finishes Yang, both Street Profits come and hit double somersaults over the top rope to Finn and Priest on the outside. Uh, Rhea then goes for Riptide inside the ring, but Tozawa escapes. Tozawa ducks out of a spear, and then Rhea posts herself. So you're thinking, this is the finish. Tozawa goes for a senton off the top, that, that beautiful drop-down senton where he basically just takes a high flat-back bump off the top. And, of course, he did take the bump because Rhea moved out of the way. Hits the riptide and gets three with her very suggestive pin and the win. Corey and Kevin Patrick are talking about how Rhea uh, and hits a dogs and cats living together and added the words in harmony did Corey Graves. But that is not the line, Corey. You know, it's not the line, Graves. It's dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. And that, of course, is said by Dr. Peter Venkman. In the 1984 film classic, A Ghostbusters, played by one Bill Murray in the scene where they're trying to explain to the mayor how vital it is they're allowed to go take on Gozer. And scene. Anyway, we get a recap of Bobby Lashley's firing and then unfiring from last week. We then cut to backstage where Kathy Kelly is waiting to talk to Adam Pierce, but Bobby's on the phone with Paul Heyman, presumably trying to leave a message saying, you got to stop the Usos, you got to stop the Usos. Uh, Then he says about Bobby's firing, it's not a matter of if he comes back to work, but when MVP enters the scene, and he wants to talk to Pierce about Bobby Lashley. 
hurt business, hurt business, hurt business. Uh, Then Ref Bennett comes in and he runs in and tells Pierce something happened at the loading dock and they all run off uh, back in the arena. This is all the same segment, by the way. Back in the arena, the OC then enter towards the ring and we're getting ready for a match between the Good Brothers and the Alpha Academy. Carl Anderson, notably back from Japan after defending his title. He's going back for Wrestle Kingdom. So that poor guy is doing Japan and back Oof. numerous times over the next few weeks here or within a few weeks. And that takes us to break. All right. We come back. And before we get back to the ring, we're backstage where Kathy Kelly is now standing over a few more wrestlers that have been beaten up. We see Cedric Alexander. He's among the battered on the ground and Dolph wearing his blazer jacket, uh, Ziggler. And Kathy Kelly walks up to Dolph and says, what happened? And Dolph very stoically holding his neck or head or something looks at Kathy Kelly and says, bloodline happened. Oh, the drama back in the arena. The Alpha Academy answered, Joe, no, no thoughts on the drama at all here. Um, let me <laughs> let, let me rewind to the Rhea Tozawa match real quick. Oh, God, we're going that far back. All right. Have at her. The uh, you mentioned that Rhea did a suplex on Tozawa. She didn't just do a suplex. She did a deadlift suplex. That yeah. is insanely impressive. And yeah, like that whole thing where they did the um, <clears throat> the, the, the Hurricane Rana spot. Yeah. Man, Rhea's just she's just sick. That's amazing. Yeah. Like she's awesome. Yeah. I'm 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 having a problem with this whole bloodline attacking people. Um, because I, I get that it's wrestling, okay? But it's like it's it's four guys. There's like 15 people backstage. This shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> yeah, and where's security? Where's the yeah. armies of security? <laughs> like, like, and I get like again, I get it. It's pro wrestling. I know I should relax, but I just I had a problem with this during the show. Yeah, it was, it was so we were watching along together, and I'm like, Joe, Joe, logic, screw off, man. I, I know, I know. We talked about this when we started doing the raw review. We're gonna take it as it is, and we're just gonna go with it. So Alpha Academy enter. Uh automatically the bell rings. Gable gets his intro sequence in, ends with his uh thank you. And then eventually Gable and Anderson exchange arm drags all the Ricky Steamboat, which is pretty fun to see. A We Want Otis chant breaks out, and Otis gets a big pop as he gets tagged in before he and Gallows fail to knock each other down with clotheslines at the same time. I actually enjoyed that. A couple of big hosses slamming into each other. Nobody goes down. Otis and Gallows are in the corner, but Gallows reverses it, and Anderson launches Gable onto Otis on the outside, which takes us to our next break. Segment five, Otis hits a wicked discus clothesline on Gallows. Alpha Academy gets some double teaming in, but eventually the Good Brothers get the magic killer for the win. See, we told you we weren't going to waste your time with a bunch of stuff tonight. Uh, As the OC pose, the Bloodline make their way to the ring and hit the OC with a 1D on Gallows. We have officials walking to the ring as we go to our next break. Thoughts on that match? Or, or the OC and uh, the bloodline afterwards. I, no, it was it was a good match. 
I, we really need to see Otis and Gallows, man. Those two, <laughs> those two would have a slobber knock. I mean, I know people are kind of, there's a lot of people that are anti-Gallows. I think Gallows in the right situation can be a lot of fun. No, he he can he can go when he wants to. Yeah. And I, I think those two would have a good, like, I could see them both having a good, like, solid, you know, hard-hitting match with a little bit of comedy in between, too. You know, make it work. I I, I think those two would, would, would do well in a match. We come back in segment six to a promo for the upcoming Ric Flair documentary. You know, it's funny. All this Vince McMahon stuff. We're talking about, oh, what a scoury guy he is. But hey, let's celebrate Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) No controversy there. No, none whatsoever. We get the bloodline on the microphone who remind us that the bloodline is now in your city. This family right here. We run this business. Uh, Sammy Zane looks at Adam Pierce and says, what's your problem? You're the only one angry here. These people don't have a problem with what we're doing. These people love to hear Sammy Uso, the Usologist, the honorary Uso, and I don't appreciate you hassling my dogs. Oh, here's something we should talk about. Sammy's doing another Sammy for Syria fundraiser, and I don't know if the T-shirts are still on sale or not, but he's selling a limited edition T-shirt through Pro Wrestling Tees, and it's in big letters, my dog with his face as the exclamation point on the thing. Oh, nice. so I'm like, it's a cool shirt. Plus if you buy one, you could get one of five autograph shirts as a bonus shirt as well. So that's kind of neat. Oh, that's um, very cool. I say that because it's a cool charity he's been doing for years now where they, uh, they set up medical care and things for people out there. So yep. Something passionate of his. So why not support it? Absolutely. Um, Sammy goes on to say, what you see is what happens when we face Kevin Owens and John Cena. AJ then attacks the bloodline as they're walking up the aisle because they're dumb or because he's dumb. Yeah, he's dumb. I liked this segment because this was a wrestling promo. We often use the word promo to describe acting, stupid little scenes, things that aren't really promos. Promos are where you make it sound like you're angry or you're trying to set up for this fight that's going to happen on a certain date at a certain time in a certain building. So thus you are promoting the event. This was a classic wrestling promo. It was great. We go back to the table where Graves and Patrick are sitting and they're putting the bloodline over before recapping the number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship last week with Becky clearing out Kyan Sky. Now, we go backstage after this recap where AJ Styles is barking at Adam Pierce, saying that he wants a match against Sami Zayn tonight. Adam Pierce says, Absolutely, you got it. We're not done this segment yet either, as this time we go backstage to Byron Saxton with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Are you ready for this, Joe? Let's go. All right. They are sitting in a beautifully lit area. All nicey-nice next to each other. This is after Alexa almost put Bianca and Sister Abigail the week before. And Byron starts the conversation with this well-lit, there's the the Monday Night Raw, Happy Holidays on a monitor behind them, (laughs) all this stuff. And Byron says to Alexa, you know, congratulations on the number one contendership, but we need to talk about what happened after the match. And Bianca says that she wants to know, too, because now she doesn't trust Alexa. This was acting. 
Alexa goes on to explain that Bray Wyatt abducted her. No, you know what? We're going there. Bray Wyatt abducted me. He left me with abandonment issues. And then I went to therapy. But that turned me into a shell of a human being. Friendship with you and Asuka has made me feel like I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Bianca then takes her best trauma-informed care voice and says, Alexa, I hear you. I sympathize. But you expect me to not. Alexa says this, and this just goes on and on. She brings up Bray Wyatt. Alexa says, this isn't about Bray. It's about me and me winning. And she was winning championships before you walked in the door. This uh, wraps up, essentially. There's a glitch on the monitor. The moth shows up. And just as they're both getting up to leave, Alexa picks up a glass vase with a poinsettia in it and smashes it over the back of the head of Bianca Belair, which leaves Byron Saxon screaming out his best, We need help! We need help here! (laughs) And scene. Uh, I'm not doing blister piece theater or anything because it's just not worth it. (laughs) Anyway, we get the we need help, we need help. We come back to the arena where there are two bags of cash hanging over the ring. It's a ladder match, double or nothing, between The Miz and Dexter Loomis, and that is next as we go to... Right. Before we get into Seg 7. Please, your thoughts on this remarkable exchange between Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, and how excited does it make you for their upcoming title match? I mean, I I want to see it, and you don't need the Bray Wyatt reference. Like, that whole thing, just ugh, whatever. <laughs> but Joe, he abducted her, and then he just left, and left her I- with abandonment issues. It's not oh, like he got. It's not like he got fired. He just left. Yeah, Bray Wyatt ruins everything, man. I I'm still not on board with that, but I I'm I kind of thought we were done with this too. So I guess we still got action figures to sell or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, look, I guess it's long term storytelling, and again, it's pro wrestling. So let me just relax here. But yeah, I'm just not feeling that. I, I think Alexa versus Bianca sells itself. I don't think you need the Bray Wyatt stuff. Fair enough. We get back to the ring. Miz has already made his entrance. Dexter Loomis enters the arena with Johnny annoying. They thumbs up each other. Dexter goes in the ring with his sneaky little slide. The bell rings and Miz immediately makes a run for it and trips over some camera guys. Legitimately, Uh, Dexter does his cool slide out and slams Miz into a ladder face first. Eventually, they get back into the ring. There's a tug of war in the middle of the ring. As Dexter then runs Miz into the corner and gets the ladder right in Miz's ding ding. <laughs> Miz eventually gets Irish whipped back into that corner where the ladder has now been set up. He eats the ladder and then he gets run into it uh, or gets thrown off of it via superplex in that corner. Miz then panics and looks at his groin while he's just sitting there. Dexter's about to climb the ladder and Miz just starts looking at his uh, his area. <laughs> trying to figure out why and then dexter goes oh i got a great idea while miz lays there spread eagle in the corner for a solid 20 seconds (laughs) 
not, hey, I should protect my kibbles and bits and bits and bits. But then Dexter drops the ladder right between Miz's legs and it falls short. So Miz laughs as the ladder misses his weenus. But then Dexter looks at this ladder and kicks it right into Miz's twig and berries. We got our nut shot finally. Okay. You know, if I'm worried about my ding ding getting hit that bad, I'm probably closing my legs within well, 30 seconds. Okay. You bring up a good point because, like, I'm watching this going. Like, if anything even came near the vicinity for me, I would be covering up. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, like, what's going on here? Anyway, eventually, as we do in all great ladder matches, we get a face off at the top of the ladder. We would get a bunch of these throughout this match. Loomis catches one of Miz's punches, and it looks like Loomis is about to try for that sleeper he does. Uh, but then he drops Miz. The ladder rocks off to the side. Both fall off and get strangled on the ropes as we go to break. We're back in the arena. Miz is almost up at the cash. Dexter gets to the top and starts smushing Miz's face into the top of the ladder. Dexter knocks Miz off with punches, but Miz pushes the ladder over. Miz actually gets the carabiner open at one point. But Dexter pulls him down. Dexter tries to get that sleeper hold on again, but Miz drags Dexter through the ropes. And then... It's a net breaker on Loomis, which looked absolutely gross. This thing was nasty, though, because he pulled him through the ropes and then did a neck breaker. And Loomis lands on the apron. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it looked like it looked like Loomis landed like like high on his neck there for a second. I'm like, Ugh, what's going on here? Eventually on the outside, Loomis gets sandwiched inside a ladder and Miz starts having a garage sale on the ladder with Dexter inside of it. <laughs> He's throwing every chair he can onto it, grabs one of the office chairs from production on the side there, a timekeeper, whoever. Eventually there's a we want tables chance. So Miz goes to the side of the ring where the tables are, pulls one out and then slides it back under the ring because that's what a good heel does. That was so well done. Gargano then gets in the Miz's face. And the ref gets between the two of them. I forgot Gargano was there at this point. Uh, but then the ref stops it, and Miz ambushes Gargano. Starts beating the holy hell out of him. Uh, this is all happening outside the ring. But then, as he looks over to where Dexter was underneath the ladder and chairs, Dexter's now gotten up and hits what I can only call a rock bottom onto Miz on a ladder and the announcer tabletopper. You know the thing that says raw across the top? Yeah, that thing. Anyway, another table chance sees Dexter put Miz on the announce table. Dexter then climbs what looks to be a 15-footer over the announce table and misses a leg drop on Miz, smashing the table everywhere. Miz limps into the ring and climbs the ladder to get the money, but Loomis is back in the ring. Miz gets knocked off the ladder. Dexter goes for the cash when Bronson Reed comes in out of nowhere. And destroys Dexter Loomis. If you don't know Bronson Reed, he was in NXT for a while. He's been wrestling in Japan and around the world as Jonah since. But uh, they brought him back. So he's another guy who's coming back from the NXT days. Uh, Trips is making another signing. And it looks like Miz has another heavy. This, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Kevin Patrick then asks if uh, Reed is there to steal the cash. But he pulls Miz over to get the money. Miz grabs the money and is now Mr. Money in the Bags. But this <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mr. McGuire. Well played. Thank you very much. This made me think of uh, famous Miz sidekicks in the past, though. Taking you all the way back to uh, A Rye, Alex Riley. 
Ooh, talk to that guy back. once. Yeah, really, really fun dude to talk to back then. Uh, Damian Sandow or Mizdow, the stunt Mizdow, double. Yep. Uh, Champa, Logan Paul, and of course, Johnny Drip Drip, who on their last pairing, yeah, it was more of a sidekick thing than it was a tag team, I felt, but that's just me. All right, so that's that match. Uh, thoughts on this little ladder match, Joe? You know what? I mean, for the time they had, it was, you know, it was the best they could do. Um, I thought it made sense for Miz winning, and I like the fact that it was through, you know, a, a dastardly heel win. But uh, are, are you saying this ladder match may have been serviceable? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll give it to that. I'll give you that. Wow. A ladder match being serviceable. I have to agree, though. That's the sad <laughs> part about it. Like, like, here's the thing. When we were watching this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we were kind of we, we were saying, like, is this going to be a one segment ladder match? And you even said there's no psychology going on. And they I, rushed right to the ladders way too. No, no, I, I, yeah. ab- absolutely. But again, given that it was a TV match, it was understandable. And as they worked the match, I thought, again, I thought they did the best they could do with the time that they had. And like, I do like how Bronson Reed came in again. It's a dastardly heel win for the Miz, you know, and yet like, you know, it sets up the next storyline. So I really don't have a problem with this ladder match and I'm not really one for ladder matches. So. Well, you know, I didn't have a problem with this ladder match um, overall, but it, it they did get to the ladders way too fast. And it just, it, it, it was a, it was a plunder match almost. Just the plunder was just ladders for the first little while. Um, you know, I, I like it when you you basically had to beat your opponent down enough to get the ladder. That was always my favorite thing. You had, you know, they didn't have ladders all around the ring. Remember, like way back, you had to actually go up the aisle, yep. get the ladder, and then bring it over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we go backstage. Seth Rollins is showing off his new Iowa zone to a T a P. Uh, a t-shirt, I should say, to a PA b- behind the scenes. I don't know why I can't talk all of a sudden. Oh, I know why. We get a recap of the bloodline through the night. AJ Styles enters. It's AJ versus Sami Zayn next. And we go to break, which means that this half of the recap <laughs> is in the hands of Joe Aguinaldo. Yeah, this is also the point in the night where uh, Mike stopped taking notes. <laughs> Get damn right it is. <laughs> and and bragged about it for yeah. pretty much the, the whole hour and a half. All right. Anyways, segment nine back from break. We see Sami Zayn coming to the ring and that starts the match. AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. Um, AJ has the early advantage. He gets a huge backbreaker and a gut buster for a two count. Sami rolls out of the ring, um, but AJ hits a phenomenal forearm. They get back into the ring and Sami hits a stun gun to get the advantage. Uh, he hits an elbow from the top for a pin attempt, uh, and he does try to choke out AJ on the ropes. Uh, AJ blocks a suplex, and he gets a neck breaker on the outside. Uh, AJ hits a knee and a moonsault into a reverse DDT combo on the mat, which looked really sick uh, in a good way. Uh, AJ sets up for the phenomenal forearm, but Sammy knocks him off the ropes to the outside as we go to break. Segment 10, back from break, AJ goes to the top, but Sammy stops him and they battle on the ropes. AJ sneaks out the back door and he hits a spinning rack bomb for a pin attempt. (laughs) Sneaks out the back door. (laughs) Sorry. Go on. It's okay. (laughs) 
AJ goes for the Styles Clash, but Sammy fights out of that, and he hits a Brain Buster for two. They go toe-to-toe for a while, and AJ hits a Pele kick, and both guys go down. Sammy ends up hitting an Exploder in the turnbuckle, and he sets up for the Haluva kick, but AJ gets the Calf Crusher. Now, Sammy makes the ropes, but obviously he has not learned the secret escape to the arguably the worst submission move ever. The calf Suddenly, crusher where you just need to smash the guy's head into the mat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You don't even have to, you don't even have to go to the ropes. Nope. But uh, not at all. At this point, we see Solo Sokoa coming down through the audience. I love the shield. <laughs> and yep. this, this allows Sammy to get a quick pin attempt off the distraction. AJ eventually tries to attack Solo on the outside, but he gets hit with a Samoan spike from Solo. And this allows Sammy to get the blue thunder on AJ for the pin and the win. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Adam Pierce uh, comes out and he starts yelling at Sammy as the match ends. And then we see Seth making his way to the ring from the backstage area. As we go to honorary ooze break, <laughs> oozology break, the oozy break. All right. Um, Segment 11, back from break, Seth Rollins comes out in a purple lounge lizardy type suit, I think. They hype up the Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory match for the U.S. title in two weeks. Seth gets on the mic. Des Moines, Iowa, welcome to Monday Night Rollins. Huge welcome home chant. He says, uh, the bloodline is in the house and they've been jumping everybody except for me. I'm not saying they're scared. But if they want to find me, I got a message to deliver to the tribal chief. Roman, Mondays don't belong to you. They belong to the visionary, the revolutionary, blah, 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 Seth freaking Rollins. And then all of a sudden we hear a town down and out comes the United States champion, Austin Theory. He gets into the ring. Uh, He says that Seth, nothing belongs to you. You were the one that said the title of Monday Night Raw was the U.S. title. So putting that in perspective, there can, that can only mean one thing. The champ is here. Maybe a little bit, bit of gimmick infringement there. Uh, deep down, the Austin Theory era is forever, and this is just the beginning. And whether you like it or not, you're going to pass the torch to me. And if you don't, I'm going to take it from your cold, legendary fingers. Ooh. <laughs> Seth chimes in. He says, keep your cool around me. We don't want you ending up like Bobby Lashley. Austin says, the only reason you're standing here is because Lashley took his frustrations on the referees and officials and not you. Uh, I wonder if Lashley's doing a movie or if he's just on holidays or what it is. But anyway, I'm hoping he's I'm hoping he's on holidays. (laughs) Yeah. He he says, (laughs) how dare you try and act? Anyway, go on. (laughs) He says that uh, Seth was lucky. Uh, Seth's made his entire career out out of being lucky. Seth says, why are you so angry? You've got it all. You're everything you say you are. You're young. You're in great shape. You look phenomenal. Um, But that's the thing. You've grown up. You're not Mr. Selfie. You're not daddy's little boy. You're the United States champion. But the problem is, uh, as much as the title means, there's one thing that means more. Uh, it's the one thing deep down in your soul that you will never be. You will never have. As long as I'm here, you'll never be me. You're not on my level. Um, Austin says, how many times have they given you the ball and you fumbled it? Kind of like those bears. As a yeah, bears what fan, bears? Chicago. Because Seth's a Chicago Bears fan. Is he? Yep. 
Okay. That was a that was a very deep cut. Like you would have yeah, to. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Now that said, I am also a Bears fan, so I did not appreciate that comment. Boo. Um, I'm sorry but- for your many many losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're not good this year. Anyways, <laughs> the thing about you, Seth freaking Rollins, is that you've seen the mountaintop, and what you fail to realize is that's the peak. I'm coming for Everest. And maybe when you fall off the peak, you'll be able to go home and come to the realization that you are the third most successful member of the Shield. Shout out John Moxley. Yeah. Seth says, I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the mountaintop and you got it wrong. I am the damn mountaintop. I am Everest. They say the title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title. Let's find out what kind of man you are and let's find out what kind of champ you are right here, right now. Take your shot. At this point, the Usos come out of the audience. Everyone's doing the shield entrance. Um, It looks like Austin and Seth are going to team up to face the Usos, but Austin leaves the ring and the Usos attack Seth Rollins two on one until we see KO. He comes out, uh, evening up the odds. He takes out Jimmy and Jay. Security suddenly come out. They hold the Usos back. Uh, but basically, this sets up a match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins versus Jay and Jimmy Uso. Mm-hmm. Uh, KO gets on the mic. He says, I think the Moines wants to see us kick their asses. And we have a match. And Adam Pierce says, it's official. And we got a match happening. Great. All right. But we don't go to break yet. <laughs> nope. 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 What we see is Becky Lynch backstage. And I believe I can call this doing a promo. Uh, she says, oh, Bailey- this was. This if, was if you weren't sticking around for this match before, you weren't going anywhere after this. This 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 promo was fire, man. Um, she starts off saying that uh, we've been Bailey. We've been playing cat a cat and mouse game. You send your lackeys, they beat me up. I beat them up. Repeat. Uh, I want no more of that. I want to fight the best version of Bailey, and that best version is a solo act. She says that we're a lot alike. We've been underestimated and underappreciated. We rose up and changed the game. We've both had careers that we're very proud of, and we've done things we're not so proud of. But the difference between you and me is that I did all of those things by myself. I understand this game. I understand you take out the ones that pose a threat. But what bothers me the most is that you didn't have the decency to do it by yourself. If you're going to stab me in the back, at least be the one holding the knife. Is it going to be one-on-one, one-on-three? Either way, I'll be ready, and win or lose, I'll die on my own sword. You can't say the same thing. Then we cut to Bailey coming to the ring with Kai and Sky as we go to <laughs> as we go to break. Your thought your thoughts on that promo before we go forward? Oh, dude, you you said it all already. Yeah, I mean that's that's that literally. Was- Again, if you were just flipping through and you're like, oh, what's coming? Oh, there's Becky Lynch. Oh, what you see? Holy shnikes. We're going to have a match. That was And that's going to be a match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was perfect. So segment 12, we're back from break. Uh, Becky comes to the ring and that starts the match off. Uh, Both women start off by trading offense early. Uh, Becky does some world of sports style, uh, world of sports style (laughs) type (laughs) spots. Graves gives a shout out to, uh, you know, Johnny Saint and Mark Rollerball Rocca. No problems there. 
What about uh, Cat Weasel? That was pure Cat, when, especially when she scurried underneath Bailey's legs. Right, right, right. right that was right, some yep. Cat Weasel stuff there. Anyway. Um, let's see. At one point, Becky stops a strike from EO from the outside, but that gives Bailey the temporary advantage. Uh, Becky gets it back, however, and she sends Bailey out of the ring. Becky tries to go for a manhandle slam on the apron, but Bailey slams Becky's face into the turnbuckle as we go to break. Segment 13, back from break. Bailey has the advantage with a rear chin lock, uh, and Becky tries to fight out, but Bailey ends up getting a suplex for a two count. Um, both women go down, and as they get back to their feet, uh, they trade strikes, but Becky hits a kick off the ropes and a, an amazing looking Bexploder. Wow. Um, she gets. Oh, dude, that was so tight. I remember we were watching it together and you're like, did she just land her on her, or drop her on her head? Nope. That, I, I, that's what I thought, but it looked great. Um, Becky hits a leg drop, drop off the middle ropes for a two count. Uh, they trade a bunch of pin attempts uh, and Bailey hits a side suplex for a two count and a, la- a sliding lariat to Becky's back. Um, Bailey goes for the Bailey to uh, the Bailey to belly, but Becky gets a reverse DDT for a two count. Becky also goes for a leg drop off the ropes, but Bailey moves and she eventually does get the Bailey to belly, but only can get a two count. Uh, Bailey goes for the rose plant, but Becky gets a, a back suplex and both women go down. Uh, anyways, bunch of moves happen, but uh, the end of the match goes that Becky tries for the manhandle slam. Uh, Kai and Sky. Grab, uh, grab Bailey to stop that. And the ref tries to kick out Kai and Sky. And while he's distracted, Bailey hits Becky with a monitor. And that allows her to get the pin and the win. That's what she had in her hands. I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it was like one of those little monitors from the announce table. Yeah, they got those little flat screen monitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, Becky had grabbed that to try to hold off Kai and Sky. So. Right. Okay, perfect. All right. So after the match, we go to break. Segment 14, back from break, they recap the altercation between the Usos and Seth and KO. We see Seth and KO backstage. They do a little mini interview. Uh, They talk about why they stopped teaming. Um, And KO says, oh, Seth, it's because you tried to steal my WrestleMania moment. (laughs) You know, and then they kind of joke around, you know, you remember you were wearing that suit and KO eventually gets Seth to admit it. Um, But KO says, but that's moot. Tonight is about beating the hell out of the bloodline, and you and I can do that very well. I enjoy greatly how Kevin Owens is being allowed to remember his past. Yep. When we were watching these all, we were all like, this is dumb. And then <laughs> we look back at it now, and because it's this Kevin Owens doing, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, the Usos come to the ring, and we go to break. Segment 15, KO and Seth come to the ring, and that brings us to our main events. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. Seth and KO start fast and attack the Usos before the bell. Um, In the ring, uh, sorry, the bell rings, and in the ring we have Seth and Jay starting off the match. Yeah. Seth and KO have the early advantage, uh, you know, with quick tags, but the ref is distracted, which allows Jimmy to hit a kick to Kevin Owens. Jay kicks Seth off the apron as we go to break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't hit blessed segment 16. Excuse me. Back from break. Jimmy is working over KO in the corner, but misses a charge. And that allows KO to get a DDT. Uh, Both guys go down. Uh, Eventually, 
They're able to make a tag. So Seth and Jay tag in. Rollins hits a sling blade and a forearms in the corner and a backbreaker for two. He goes for the stomp on Jay, but uh, Jay avoids it and tags in Jimmy. But Seth hits a beautiful double crossbody on both of the Usos. Wow. Uh, and then KO goes to the top and he hits a frog splash uh, on Jimmy for two. Now on the outside, they show Jay hitting Seth with a super kick. Uh, Owens goes for the swanton on Jimmy, but Jimmy gets his knees up. And then we see Sola Sokoa coming down through the crowd. Uh, he, he tries to get involved, but the OC end up attacking him. Seth ends up stomping Jay on the outside. Now back in the ring, Jimmy goes for a superplex on KO, but KO fights out. Then on the outside, we see suddenly Austin Theory hitting Rollins with the title from behind, uh, and that knocks him out cold. Uh, eventually, though, at the end of the match sees KO getting a pop-up powerbomb on Jimmy for the pin and the win. Yeah. There was a lot going on there. I, I skipped through a bunch of moves. There. Yeah, you did. But you know, honestly, it's it was a schmoz match. When we were watching it, I, I brought out uh, Shades of Monday Nitro. Oh, yeah. It was just such a screwball finish. But like you said, it was screwball. It was a schmoz, but it uh, kind of worked. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, because everything made sense, mm-hmm. right? Like the Austin attacking Seth made sense. Like solo coming out, that made sense because that's what they've been doing the entire night. So even though it was a schmoz, it was like, okay, it was a schmoz that that, that was logical for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So after the match, Sammy comes into the ring and he goes face to face with KO. Uh, you know, they look like they're going to fight, but KO leaves the ring uh, and, and KO is standing there in the middle of the ring as the show ends and we go off the. I mean, Sammy leaves the ring and then KO. Sorry, Sammy leaves the run. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's Monday Night Raw, folks. Uh, in record time, I think. This might be the shortest Tuesday morning cooked we've done. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to talk more about uh, canned chili? <laughs> or Chef Boyardee. Oh, God. So, programming note. Uh, next week, they're doing a best of Raw. Next week, Raw falls on Boxing Day which in Canada and certain parts of the UK and other places is considered a holiday. I myself am traveling doing nine hours of driving over four days to go see family. I basically have two days with family over Christmas and I'm not going to spend it watching a three hour raw. That is the best of Monday night raw from the year. So, Joe, it's in your hands, man. Folks, I just want to let you know, we appreciate your support. We hope you won't hold it against us. We're probably not going to do a full-blown show next week at all for you because it's Christmas, man. But we'll be back with you with other crazy, stupid, fun stuff. And trust me, next year, oh, I got plans, Joe. Hell yeah. yeah. Big, big plans. Big plans. All right. I'll just, I'll just, be, your, I'll just be your faithful sidekick. Oh, cool. You're the Sandow, Alex Riley. Uh... Uh, I'll be the Mizdow. Come on. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you being my stunt double would be hilarious. As a stunt double, all you do is sit at your computer, watch wrestling, and then go to bed. So basically, no, you're, that, that, already, you're already my stunt double. That's not true, because I'd be, I'd be out there running in like minus 30 weather going, oh, my God, it's cold. No, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Screw that, man. We are we are running this week on Wednesday night, and it's supposed to be like minus 20, but I don't care oh. if we're doing it. So. 
Nice. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. I'm almost as dumb as AJ Styles trying to take on the entire bloodline. Almost as dumb. Almost. The earth is round, by the way. All right. (laughs) Folks, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope it's good to you. Uh, Joe, I did want to say thank you as well, because I have not brought it up until now. But wouldn't you know, at work at the Saskatoon Food Bank and Learning Center, I got a box. And in this box, from Blankety Blank Entertainment, where Joe works, <laughs> where I'm guessing he may have used the Purelator account. Wait. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I received a mint in package. Not sure why, but I'll take it. Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam action figure. Very cool. And then, as luck would have it, I got home. I was like, I haven't even seen this movie yet. (laughs) So why did he send me? I don't know. And I want that answer. But but before we get there, I come home and I open up one of my many, many streaming services, which this one I've actually canceled, but I'm on the last couple days of it, you know. And sure enough, what's playing for essentially free? Black Adam. And then I see you post the story about The Rock unfollowing Black Adam and, and Warner Brothers Discovery on Instagram. But then there was another story that came out saying that The Rock never followed them on Instagram. And the guy that reported it made a mistake. So I was like, ooh, controversy. But I got this sweet action figure from Joe. But now it means nothing. Oh, wait, it never meant anything to begin with because that never happened. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line is... The movie's fun. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, Joe's seen two movies, folks. <laughs> so I have to ask you then, not knowing whether I had seen the movie, how on earth did you come to uh, decide to send me a Black Adam action figure? I Well, A, it's current. Mm-hmm. B, I know that you collect. And oh, I yeah. figured I figured it was it was like, the rock so it was kind of wrestling related and kind of pop culture related dude it's super dope and the funny thing is i watched that movie in the hopes that i would like it because i would hate for you to have given me an action figure of something that i would turn out hating (laughs) so here's the thing people were mixed on it i'm gonna say this uh is one dimensional as a friggin super mario 8-bit video game in this movie but that's what he needs to be. He's a killing machine in this thing, and it's great. I, I don't think he changes his voice once in the entire show. Did he even yell or scream? I don't think he did, did he? Even when he got hurt? I, I, I think I think the only time he yells is when he's, like, not Black Adam and when they're showing, like, the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, don't, <clears throat> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Right. Okay, so when they're showing certain scenes of him... His, his family, let's say. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, I think yeah. that's about it. But yeah, for the most part, his voice is pretty much like this. But Black, a- Black Adam isn't that guy. Like that's, you know, and Black Adam isn't even Black Adam in the whole movie. No. There's, there's <laughs> another spoiler alert for you. But it's a, you know what? It's a fun movie. Like if you're expecting high drama and, and like, you know, Academy Award winning. Perf- no. But if you just want fun, it's, I thought it was fine. It's a fun action movie yeah. with, 
I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, you know what it is? It's Batman if he had Superman's powers. Yes, that's, that's, that's a, what that's Black a good Adam way to is. Say it. Yeah, and and killed people. Yes, yes. They, boy, they, did he kill a lot of people. <laughs> and it's almost it's almost comical at the beginning. There, there's an opening scene, and it reminded me of Deadpool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. like the first Deadpool movie where it's just like, yeah, yeah. just call me Angel in the morning. <laughs> I was like, you could put that song to that opening scene of Black Adam. It would work exactly the same. But uh, no, thanks. And also, you sent me a, a blind bag, uh, black and white Batman figure. And I'm assuming this is because, you know, that I'm a, a Batman guy and I got all those Batman figures and everything. Stop. Actually, Hammer I said... Time. I said that because I'm a Batman fan and I just thought, Hey man. So there you go. This is where it gets weirder then. Okay. Because I open it and not only I am a Batman fan. So I have, I have three Batman esque shelves. Okay. Okay. I have the actual Batman shelf, which my centerpiece is a, uh, 89 Keaton, Batman figurine, which is oh, probably, very cool. Yeah, it's about a foot and a half high. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have the uh, metals versions of all the Batmobiles. Okay. Except for the '60s one, I have like a small Hot Wheel version because I was never really big into the '60s one. Like to me, it, it started at Keaton, right? But I mean, I, I still recognize, you know, game recognizes game, Bat recognizes Bat. <laughs> but uh, my next shelf is Joker's, right? And my other Batman-related shelf is Harley Quinn's. I love that character since day one. I think it's a tragic, uh, you know, such a tragic character. But at the same time, just so different and weird that when she came into the whole lexicon by way of the animated series, I mean, she stole that show. And sure enough, I opened this black and white miniature Batman bag. And it's a black and white Harley Quinn. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, you, you hit it right on the head. I'm trying to think now. What's the last thing I got you? Urinals? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, don't expect anything this week, Joe. But one of these days, I'm going to send you a little surprise key in the mail. And, All right. Uh, well, yeah. dude, you're, you're very welcome. And you know what? Thank you for, you know, making this show fun. Because, man, <laughs> like... You know, we have it, we have fun. We have fun. Yeah. That's the whole point of this thing. And I'm glad that this week was free too, because we get to say uh, all the best to everybody too. Because it's been it's been a full year now since I took over from Jay, uh, and it's been it's been a lot, man. It's been a lot of stuff going on. Hell yeah! <laughs> like what a year. This show got me through. Uh, you know, losing my job, which sucked. And then I lost mom and that sucked even more. That was the worst thing that ever happened. Um, summer was kind of a donkey show as we know. And then, and then I remember, didn't we start doing this as Tuesday morning cooker? We, we'd finally just said, we we're going to take the show over. Uh, as I started my trip, wasn't I at that gas station in that small town somewhere and it was hailing. Uh, here's the thing. Cause you actually, started this with mark first right like you you were doing it with mark for a while like you maybe you that was when i did it was with him but yeah because like because i kind of jumped in when mark sort of decided to step away from the show and yeah I was like, we oh, needed I'll... a filipino quota in here so 
<laughs> so there you, there you go. But no, it's it's been fun ever since. And yeah. uh, oh, and don't forget, Boris almost tried to kill you. That's, yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. I did yeah. survive the the subtle attack of Boris Aguilar <laughs> by way of drywall dust. But no, man, I've done this show and the main show literally all across the country. Uh, only missed one week, and that was one of the raws since we took it over. And it's been a blast, man. So thank you. And and this is now now we're no longer the shortest edition of this episode. But if people are still here listening, who cares? We're gonna we're gonna say thank you for doing that because now we're just uh we're reminiscing on the year that was here. This is your best of Tuesday Morning Cook 2022 right here. Um but yeah, it's you know, we've talked about this off the air too, man. I mean, like we we talk all the time now, and it's it's so weird that a wrestling show a raw review of all things, a show of people, <laughs> you know, the one that nobody wanted to take. <laughs> that's why I'm here. And eventually that's why Joe came here. And I just kept twisting his arm and twisting his arm saying, please, we've got something here. And, and we do, we got something here. So, uh, thanks dude. Um, you're, you're always great. You're always fun. Uh, 99% of the time you're awake, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, that other one percent, I tend to fake it really well. Oh my god, no, you do. That's the best part. Is you think you do, but no, you <laughs> no. don't. <laughs> anyway, dude, I just want to say thanks again, man, because uh, yeah, you made a, a hard year very easy in many ways just by hanging out. So I appreciate you. Oh man, you're welcome, and thank you. All right, I think we're done gushing now. All right, <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a safe, happy holidays. Please don't drink and drive or I got to slap you in the face because, you know, that's the least worst thing that could happen to you in that situation. All right. Joe, take care, brother. You too, man. I'm already putting bread on my Christmas tree. It's a holiday I'll celebrate with my own company. Pour the wine, I'll be fine. Climb the ladder and place a star. Well, man. Forever in the world you are I won't have to deal with your family The dressing and the stress dysfunctionality A two-day drive stuck inside With you singing in the car Well, Merry Christmas forever in the world you are
rain this year The one you always promised after too many beers 